Let's talk about supporting behavioral needs as a school-based speech pathologist. Hi, I'm Marie Murataya. I'm a school-based speech-language pathologist. An ongoing conversation I'm having with school-based SLPs is what do we do with students who demonstrate maladaptive behaviors or maybe how as school-based SLPs, like what is our role with behavior management? And a way that I have learned to kind of rephrase some of these things, first and foremost, is knowing that behaviors can be forms of communication. So as the speech and language therapist or speech language pathologist, we do have a pretty big role when it comes to helping with that communication. I'm also very grateful that in my district, I have some very awesome neurodiversity affirming behavioral analysts who have been working a lot with neurodivergent populations and learning from them on how to support behavioral needs rather than trying to fix things that really don't need to be fixed if they aren't causing any harm to a person or to a population. So as a school-based SLP, something that I know is really helpful to do is to collaborate with my team first and foremost when we're working towards supporting a student that is demonstrating a behavioral need or communication through a form of behavior. And so I will talk with the teacher and communicate with them constantly. I will be working with the school psychologist and if they are available, I will be working with a board certified behavioral analyst. Another thing to take into consideration pretty immediately when we're seeing a behavior come up, again, I'm thinking more along the lines of something that is harming the student. I will look around at the environment. What is this environment? Just the other day, I was working with a little boy who couldn't quite come out and tell us right away that the lights were really bright and it was felt like it was hurting his eyes. He was having a hard time communicating that to us. It took 15 minutes of us just trying to keep him safe and use what we know helps him sensory-wise, use carrier phrases that really help him get his thoughts and language expression out that he was able to say he wanted to turn the lights off. And so when we did that, he felt a lot better. He was able to then interact when he had that light, those lights dimmed. So it's things like that where we have to really be paying attention to those environments and know that maybe things changed in the environment that we weren't aware of, but that our student was. The next thing, and really something that we're doing throughout is thinking about what is the child trying to communicate through this behavior? What exactly is their intention? If they are screaming and covering their eyes, are they trying to communicate that the lights are too bright? All of these things, we don't go in like a list. We don't first contact, you know, the school psychologist and then think about environmental concerns and then think about what the child is communicating. They all happen at the same time, but we just need to keep these things in mind, or at least this is what I'm learning to keep in mind as I support my students. And once we've asked all those questions, then we think about okay, well, what can I do as the SLP to support my students' communication, to support them in their environment, and to support their teachers and their classroom? I wanna walk through an example with you. We'll use a specific behavior. I'm gonna make it really simple. We're gonna use the behavior that some might call eloping or escaping. Typically when a child seems to be, maybe we think they're avoiding something by trying to leave the classroom, or maybe we don't understand why they keep trying to leave the classroom you know, throughout the school day. But the idea is that they are trying to leave the environment. So what do we do first? I, as the SLP, ask why? Why are they doing this? 
and I observe the environment. So I might take some time during that child's school day and at different parts of their school day or when their teachers are saying they do it the most to be in the classroom and to observe what is happening before, what is happening after. In this specific case, maybe I notice that the times that the child is getting out of their seat or leaving the carpet at carpet time to go to the door is when there is maybe whole group instruction happening. There's a lot of voices, a lot of loudness in the classroom, and it might seem overwhelming. In this specific case, I might notice this is pretty consistent. So during center time, this might happen again when the volume in the room increases or during transitions when things are a little bit less organized. I suspect that the student is trying to escape when they are feeling overwhelmed and maybe they don't know what to expect. During those transitions or during circle time when new songs are being introduced, there is that novelty and you know for some students they like the routine and they like to know what's coming next and so when new things come up that might be the first response is to escape. So in this situation something I've done for my preschoolers when I've seen something that looks this consistent it's not always consistent with human beings because we all have different needs at different times. But when we see some of those patterns, I always will try to bring in those quick resources like a core board where we can start modeling specific communication to help help a student get what they need and want met if they maybe don't have a lot of verbal speech, but they are signing or pointing and have those gestures. We start to come in with where they're at and provide that communication and help them figure out what they need to tell us so we can support them a lot faster and keep them safe um, and then also have them feel confident in that language expression. The other thing I want to always do is collaborate with the teachers and the IEP team as a whole and make sure that the teachers throughout the school day when I am not there are honoring communication and the student requests to take a break, go outside, take a walk while teaching that safe behavior of requesting what that child needs with a visual. Of course, this is one example and we want to make sure that with every student we are looking at them individually. Just because this might work for one student it's not going to necessarily work for another student. We have to back up. We have to look at the student, observe their environment, ask all the questions, collaborate with the team. A team that also really importantly includes parents that we should probably be calling at home to and determining you know, when this is happening at home so we can have a better idea of not only how to support the child at school, but if things are working, if the core boards are working at school, make sure we're sending them home so that communication is honored at home as well. So I would love to hear your ways that you have found really help support these behavioral needs with your students. Drop them in the comments below. I hope you have a great day and a great week with your little ones.